don't always broadcast their true selves. To be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be our imperfect and vulnerable selves. That is one of the key things I walked away from with Pat McPhee. Pat is a creative leader who has just finished as a global director of media at Zero. Zero is ranked by Forbes as one of the world's most innovative growth companies. Pat has established a reputation of building high-performance global creative teams and has partnered with several premium global brands across his career. Pat is passionate about his culture, storytelling and inspiring the next generation. I hope you leave this interview inspired and equipped with some of the practical advice to take your strategy to a whole nother level. Hi Pat, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me Eli. I love the enthusiasm and the sparkle in your eye right now. So where did you grow up? Man, I grew up, long story short, but I grew up in a lot of places. So how old are you? You're 10, right? Yeah. So are you like year year five or year six? Year Uh, five. So, by the time I was in year six, I had been to eight different primary schools. Wow. Can you imagine that? So, all over New Zealand. A lot of friend making. Yeah, a lot of friend making. Actually, friend making was tough because you go and you're always the new kid. And so, I, I went to like so many different schools, had to make all new friends. And, and then, um, but once my family settled down, in Hamilton, I stayed there, and I grew up in a little farming community called Fatafata. It's on sort of like halfway out the out the back to to Raglan. You know where Raglan that surf beach is. Oh yeah. So there, so I grew up in a little farming community there, and like used to ride my horse to the bus stop so I could catch the bus to school. So like you ride your bike, I had a horse. That was pretty cool. And yeah, so that that's where I grew up. Where did your passion for story, storytelling and creativity come from? Do you know what, dude? It's, a, it's kind of a funny story, but it's also a little bit of a serious story, right? So when you grow up and you don't have a lot, you have to have a wonderful imagination. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot, actually. My family, um, we were quite poor. And um, you had to make your own fun. So I didn't have... Um, too many toys or games. At least you had trees. Trees, yeah, yeah, grass. Um, and we learned to do lots of things that kids shouldn't do, like How build fire. Well, yeah, but you blow things up, build ramps in the paddock, and then learn how to drive a car at a young age and drive your car over the ramp. So all, all those kinds of things, you just have to make stuff up. So that's that's where my passion for creativity came. My passion for storytelling came from getting into trouble and have to tell stories to get out of trouble. So I figured out that the better the story you could tell, it might get a giggle, it might get a laugh, and then your punishment might not be as bad. You are currently at zero. How did you get there? How did I get in here at zero? Well, actually, I've worked inside of zero for four and a half years now. But prior to that, how did I get to zero? Um, I had my own business, and we were a content company. And back in the day, before Spark became Spark, they were called Telecom. And we used to work with Telecom to make content for Telecom. And the startup called Zero came along while we were making video content. They said, oh, we want to do this video with these guys called Zero. And so we went, and we did this sort of joint customer story, case study type of thing. Uh, covered a, a mutual customer of both of them. 
and uh, that was the first bit of content that I ever made for Zero, and that was like nine years ago. What do you do as a global director of media? Depends who you ask. If you ask my team, they'll say I do a lot of delegation. I just mostly tell them what to do. Yeah, I'm the same. I like being the boss. Yeah. Do you delegate, like, chores to your siblings? Yeah. Do you delegate for your parents? No. (laughs) Would you like to? Yeah, if I could, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we should work on that. So, day-to-day, I run this big global team here that's responsible for all the content that we produce inside of Zero. We do that all around the world. And so, um, day in, day out, I'm kind of like... I'm kind of like the conductor of an orchestra. And you know how like in an orchestra, they have all these incredible um, different musicians that play the violin and and whatever else they play in, in, in an orchestra. And, and so they're all amazing, right? They're all amazing already. And I'm like the guy that kind of helps it all to come together to make this beautiful symphony. So that, that's kind of my role. You manage an international team. How do you collaborate and create awesome videos? Yeah, collaboration is um, an interesting one. Do you know what it means? It sometimes gets tough because everybody's in different parts of the world, right? Yeah. So the number one thing that we do to collaborate is just be good mates. So we're always talking to each other. So you know you're on WhatsApp or whatever you're on, Messenger, and you're always messaging with your mates, and it's how you sort of stay in contact. And then so like you have these ongoing conversations with each other, then you might meet up and see each other in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the conversation just continues. So we just have really good communication all the time. That's the number one thing. Hiring the right people is important. What have you learned and what do you look for? What I look for first is um, people that are like a 10 out of 10 or an 11 out of 10 in their respective craft. That's what you have to be to get a job in our crew so you might be an illustrator you might be a writer you might be a video guy you might be an animator you have to be like the best right or even better than the best so we look for a really super high level of competency you have to be incredible and then the second thing we're going to have to beep this word out but i need to remain true to it is that we don't hire anybody that's a dick so we have a don't be a dick policy (laughs) If you're a dick, if you're an egg, if you're not a good person, you can't you can't come and work with us. Because you just won't get on because we've got a lot of really cool people. Really super diverse team. People don't even speak English as a first language in our team, right? So you've got to be cool. You've got to be able to roll with that, vibe with that, understand what's awesome about everybody, then pull out all the awesome bits and come together and do that collaboration. Because when you've got people from around the world collaborating, but they come from their own world and they've got their own beliefs, and they've got their own upbringing, they've got their own culture, but you've got people like that from around the world, and you all come together, um, then amazing things can happen. What is the most interesting thing you are working on right now at Zero? What is the most interesting thing that I am working on right now at Zero? Well, I don't know how much I can say. I might, I'm, I'm signed over to all these secrecy agreements that I can't tell too much about tell you one cool thing that we're doing is we are reimagining what our product might be like one specific part of our product we've been through this incredible process to just design a whole new approach to what we're doing which is kind of amazing right because zero is the best at what it does anywhere in the world but while we're still ahead of everybody else right now we're thinking about how we could be even better 
So we're reimagining a massive part of our product right now. That's super exciting. What lesson in business has taken you the longest to learn? Oh, gosh, another one you have to... It depends on who you ask, but I think the, the most valuable lesson that I've learned is to sweat the little stuff. It means pay close attention to detail to the little things. Don't spend all your day uh, micromanaging people, but in my experience in business, it's the little things that will take you out because you see all the big things coming, right? Big problem coming, you see it coming, you can spot it a long way out, you can figure out how to deal with it. But if you have hundreds of little problems when you're doing something big and, and global, then, you know, they can quickly mount up and those little problems are the ones that could take you out in the end. How do you make sure you are solving the right problem for customers? Well, number one, you have to understand what your customers' problems are, right? Yeah. So, you know, we spend a lot of time really getting a good understanding of our customers. And, um, you know, solving problems for them, for us, is thinking about how we can build incredible experiences for our customers. Lots of people are like, it's accounting software, you know, it's just numbers, plug it into forms and then, you know, a, a formula comes out or a solution comes out or you know how much tax to pay. That's um, not the case, right? Because it's such a complex thing, we have to have the best experience possible. So we're really, really focused on understanding each little step in our customer's journey and figuring out what problems are really important to them and there's some problems that aren't as important to them, but are kind of nice to have problems. But really focusing on those problems that make their life better. Solving those problems that make their life better. How do you assess creative ideas? How do I assess creative ideas? Well, the creative process is an interesting thing, right? Because if you assess an idea too early, you could kill something that has amazing potential. So I think what's more important than assessing creative ideas is having a really thorough understanding of the process by which ideas are created, right? And allowing that process to exist without any judgment and allowing people as part of that process to be able to contribute freely and openly so they don't feel like they're going to be judged. Because at the end of the day... You're going to make an assessment on which idea you think is best. But if you do that too early, then you're going to kill a lot of people's confidence. You're going to make people feel you know, a little bit unsafe. People aren't going to trust you with bringing their best self to the creative process. So I think that's actually more important. The assessment of the ideas, you can kind of just create a, a list and like, you know, whichever idea ticks the most boxes and makes you feel really awesome and, you know, is the one that you think might give your audience a really great feeling, was probably the one that would surface. But that idea might never surface if you don't have the right creative process. What advice could you share around building scalable customer acquisition channels? You know, the thing that's big for me right now is that so much of what we do in marketing is targeted at a very small portion of the market that is actually ready to buy right now, right? There's only a very, very small number of people ready to buy right now. But most organizations, most brands, most companies are throwing all their marketing budget at that very, very small portion of people that are ready to buy right now. And they ignore 
the much larger groups of people that sit below those people that are ready to buy right now, who are doing research, that understand they have a problem, or just understand that they have a problem. And so instead of focusing on the people that have problems, they're only focusing on the people that are ready to buy right now. So my advice to build that safe, scalable sales funnel is to right now focus on the people with the problems and become a trusted source of information for them. Help them solve the problems that they're trying to solve right now and wherever and whatever their world may be and whatever their problem may be. Build that trust without asking for anything. That's super important. I don't think people should be asking for a sale right now and hitting up everybody, spamming them, buy now, buy now. Just solve some really cool problems. And then when it comes time for that person to spend their money, guess who they think about first? You think they think about that brand that's spamming them and has dropped a cookie on them and is following them around the internet? Or do they think about Eli Schmidt, that, that really cool kid? that helped me solve my problem that I had, I think I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll go with him. That's, that's the key, I reckon. What has been one of the biggest challenges you have taken, and what did you learn from that? One of the biggest challenges I have taken? Wow. Or risks. Biggest risks? Yeah. I mean, gosh, I'm kind of addicted to taking risks, so I take risks all the time. My learning from that is, though, that I need to be a lot more prepared in the risk that I take, right? A lot more calculated. But I'm definitely not risk averse. And my my number one bit of advice around that actually is to um, build an incredible team around you. Build an incredible team of incredible people and then understand what risk you're taking, right? Have a really good understanding of the outcome that you're trying to achieve and then understand all the parameters and all the different components, all the different bits and pieces that will contribute to your success, and then make the leap. Because then if you fail, and you've understood everything, you're gonna fail high. Fail at a much higher level than somebody that just goes into it without a level of understanding. Yeah, so fail high. And so that's what I've learned to do, to fail high. What do you wish people knew about creativity and content? You know, the thing that I wish people knew about creativity, right, is that so much of what we do inside of creativity is focused on, you know, advertising and marketing. For me, that kind of creativity, this is going to sound a a little bit controversial, but that kind of creativity is one of the lowest forms of creativity that there is out there. Making ads to sell stuff. But, you know, we apportion so much um, credibility and so much of our energy and all those sorts of things towards the pursuit of selling stuff. When I think, you know, creativity should be used to solve some of the big problems that the world has. The ability to be able to think creatively and to be able to execute on those creative thoughts around the big problems that we have on this planet, I think that's the ultimate call for creativity. How can you get content working harder for you? Could you share two or three things entrepreneurs could action today? Yep, just start producing heaps of content is the first thing. Don't try and make it flash. Just produce, produce, produce. Um, you know Gary V. Gary V. talks about this. He's right. 
document it. Document everything. Document your journey, right? And then as you document that journey and you share that content out into the world, what does it do? Does what's going to happen with this content? Does what happened with your post? People see it, they share it, they come to understand who you are and who your brand is, right? So take people on that journey with you. That's the first thing. The second thing is don't get precious about organic views and organic content and all that type of organic virality, okay? It's real easy to build massive followings just using paid sponsorship for your post and ads, essentially. But as you do that, you know, target people who you're helping to solve a problem, right, with your content. Do those things, and I think it, the rest becomes pretty simple. And hey, that doesn't matter if you're a big brand or you're an individual or, or, or an entrepreneur. The same thing applies. How do you know when it's time to buckle down and push through and when it's time to let go and change lanes? Mm. Well, buckle down is all the time. No matter what you do, you have to buckle down, right? If you go into anything half-baked, you're only going to get half a good as a result at best that you could have. So it's always time to buckle down. How do you know when to quit? Before you buckle down, you need to make a plan. You need to understand what success looks like. You need to understand what failure looks like. And having tried a whole bunch of stuff, if you are not successful, and if the data tells you you are failing, quit. Move on. What's your favorite video online at the moment? Oh, gosh. There is a music video called Soyo. Soyo. Yeah, it's really cool. It's um this, this little girl who's just got her hair done. She's sassy as, and she's just living her life to the fullest. Don Despera, I think the, the band is called. It's really cool. You should check it out. It's pretty inspirational, actually. What do you expect to be the biggest change in digital marketing over the next few years? I think that um, we're going to reach peak content. Everybody knows that. So much content out there. Um, I mean, imagine if there's another 100 Eli's out there, young entrepreneurs that you inspire out there doing stuff. How does anybody differentiate themselves from anybody else that's out there? So it's going to be a massive challenge increasingly for brands and for for people to get cut through. And what I truly believe is that the people that are the most creative, that have the coolest ideas, and that can execute those ideas the best, they will stand out. Because in the history of all content that you've seen out there, it's the stuff that's the coolest that gets the most cut through. What do you think are some of the greatest problems in the world waiting to be solved by entrepreneurs today? So what are the biggest problems that, we, that we're going to need to tackle? You know, so I'm a little bit different from the average bloke, right? So my upbringing as, a, as an indigenous person forms my worldview. So I kind of look at the world through that lens and the problems are the same as looking at the world through a mainstream lens, but I think the solutions are, are slightly different. So I think about um, our planet, you know, I think about in New Zealand context, our whenua, the land. I think about the water. Water is so important. What happens if we can't drink our water? And I think about kids like you. I think about helping and empowering and enabling young people like you, and i got two young kids myself. And so that's part of the reason why you're here. That's part of the reason why a whole bunch of us are getting behind you. Because I think that um, if we can change 
what young people believe is possible for their life. You think about people that may have had a tough time growing up. If we can change what they believe is possible for their life, then potentially, you know, we can give them hope. And if we can give them hope, then, you know, we can change their world, right? So true, Pat. We have to let our hopes shape our future. Who inspires you? The most inspiring person in my life has been my mum. Because my mum raised my brother and I, um, two young scallywags, naughty as kids. We were very naughty. Out doing bad stuff. And she was a solo mum. She used to work very long hours, two jobs to support us. We kind of semi-raised ourselves at times, but she always made sure she was there for all the important stuff. And so I learned so many lessons from my mum because she did the work. She did the buckle-down work. She always made sure she was there when she, when she could be there. Um, and you know what else? She taught me humility. She taught me to be humble and to have empathy, to try and understand where other people are coming from. So my mum is my greatest inspiration. Then I look at other people who are similar to my mum. So I'm really... I like people like Gandhi, I like people like Martin Luther King Jr. All those types of people not even linked to business that affected their worlds. I like those dudes. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? Probably back to the time where I might actually take my advice. Or <laughs> If I could go back in time and uh, give myself any advice, I would encourage myself just to be myself. Don't worry about what people may think. Just bring your whole self to everything that you do. Don't worry what's popular in society, what the cultural norms are. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just be 100% yourself and live life that way. Okay, final question from me. If you could play Fortnite with anyone in the world, who would it be? Do you even play Fortnite? Yeah. Are you good or what? I'm good. Yeah, I like Fortnite. I play under my son's account because, you know can't bother getting yourself I guess that's it actually <laughs> how many people do I get to make a squad or like don't play against anybody doesn't matter okay 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 I would want to play with um who would be fun to play with I think I would just want to play with with like um Michael Jordan and um Arnold Schwarzenegger um he's the Terminator there's a new movie coming out. It's like Terminator 6, but it used to be cool back in the day. <laughs> um, and I would like to play with Gandhi. Do you know who Gandhi is? He's just like such a peaceful dude. It would be so funny to see him like being in a game and having to like kill heaps of people. <laughs> that would be crazy. Who else would I like to play with? Uh, I guess those would be the top of my list. I just want to play with um, people that I could beat, that they're like famous. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Pat. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, bro. Thanks for coming in. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. My man. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave me a comment down below and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your network. As always, stay awesome and share the love.